Richard Crow. Hello, Rich. Hi, Paul. Oh, that's tons better. Tons better. Yeah, I should just say to the listeners that uh, unfortunately um, we've had to abandon our first attempt at this interview because the sound quality was so bad. But this is this is this sounds perfect. So I'm Paul Scott, and today I'm interviewing Richard Crow, aka Cockney Rebel. Um, so welcome, Richard, and thanks for your time today. Pleasure. Nice to speak to you again, Paul. And uh, yeah, happy Easter. Yeah, and to you. We last spoke in July 2022, and uh, I've listened back to it last night, and it was very interesting. You were heavily into consumer stocks. You thought the bear market was nearing its end, which was a good call, because, of course, we had a strong rally from the autumn, which has fizzled out now. And you were quite ahead of the curve on a lot of macro issues, like seeing inflation uh, peaking and all the reasons for it to fall and so on. So what's your current macro view, Richard? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, like I say, I, I'm, I'm really positive. I think this is one of the most exciting markets I've seen in a long time. You know, there's very, mm. very low ratings. The, uh, the FTSE is sat on a P of about 100, a uh, P of 10, sorry. And uh, I'm there thinking that you know, the valuations are just so cheap. As far as macro, the actual macro goes, I really don't think most people know exactly where we're going. Uh, I think inflation has peaked, uh, but there's always these fears of, you know, we, we've got quantitative tightening that's going on, and the, the, I saw M2 money supply is falling at the fastest rate in ages, which scares people. But then I see the outlook for in, uh, interest rates falling to, you know, real big lows going forward. I was watching Paul Hill on, uh, on Twitter, and he posted a chart of... Uh, the rate at which uh, interest rates are expected to be cut. And uh, yeah. when, I, when I look at those and I just sit there and think, you know, it sounds like, you know, that's building a recession. But to me, there's lots of other factors in there that I don't really understand. You know, we, in the past when we've had inflation, rate, uh, in, inflation re- really go high and uh, it fell to, well, levels we've never seen before, really low down at, you know, 0.2% all after the financial crisis. There were so many people trying to work out the reason why. I think Greenspan was saying that, you know, this was remarkable and it was all to do with China. There's a lot of things that we don't really understand about inflation, the way the world has changed with technology and AI going forward and robotics and stuff like that. I'm not totally convinced that the whole fall in the interest rates is down to just it will be down just to the fear of a recession coming. I think part of it is just fall of inflation and interest rates just happen to come down. I don't necessarily think that means there's a recession coming. I think inflation tends to feed upon itself going up and it tends to eat itself on the way down to a great extent. And being an optimist, being an optimist and a bull all the time, I'm, I'm on the bullish side of thinking, you know, they say that the, the bond market forecasts 10 of the last five recessions. And I think probably it's, you know, possibly forecasting a recession here that we won't we won't see so uh, yeah but that's why you know the markets are scared and that's why stocks are cheap so the best mm. time is warren buffett says buy when buy when everybody else is scared yeah yeah it's true isn't it and also i mean with consumers um i read somewhere that apparently this month from april onwards um pensioners benefits claimants and minimum wage uh people are all going to get a 10 percent pay rise 
Now, that's got to be good for, isn't 10.1%, I think, isn't it? 9.7% yeah. for minimum wage, which then filters up as other people want their differentials raised. Yeah. So it seems to me we could actually have a quite nice surprises on consumer spending this spring, summer. Or am I being too optimistic, do you think? Well, you're not optimistic enough, I don't think. So I also think <laughs> that when the energy price uh, starts to come down, that's going to be like another big tax cut to everybody as well. So yeah. as we go forward, you know, they've got this cap in place at the moment because energy is high, but the UK gas prices are now half what they were just before Ukraine on the wholesale Gosh. market. That's going to kick in in the next six months or so. So coming towards the end of the year, people's energy bills will probably be falling rather than rising. They'll be much more, feeling much more positive, hopefully, with that and the, the rises they're going to get in their pensions. And, mm. you know, I just, I think that will be... I think you're really trying to contain people from, from spending later on in the year rather than having a situation where they haven't got money to spend. So, uh, you know, you, you have to look on, you have to look at these things in a round. And I think most people are, you, you listen to the BBC and they'd, they'd still have us all jumping off the off the temp <laughs> story, wouldn't they, if you, if you yeah. to listen to, to what they've got to say every night. And a lot of people do, you know. Karen comes in to me, you know, the wife, and she says, oh, you know, they said this on the telly. They've said that on the telly. And you really wouldn't you wouldn't do an awful lot. You wouldn't even leave the house if you listened to everything that's going on out there. But yeah. when you actually get in the real world, and, and, you know, I saw today on the BBC, shop, retail shoppers in the high street were up 9% on last weekend. So, uh, yeah. you know, what, yeah. what does that tell you? I just think people are shopping. People are enjoying the sun. I think people... After COVID, want to have uh, experiences rather than buy. You know, they're not buying houses because mortgages are getting expensive. But they're going on holidays mm. and they're going out shopping and they're enjoying themselves and realizing that life's about living, not always about buying stuff and, and, and shackling yourself to a mortgage all the time, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And now, looking at individual stocks, I've I've listened back to our July uh, interview last time and Card Factory ticker C-A-R-D was one of your um, favorites and that was 52p at the time it's now 87p and I think it's still looking cheap because it keeps putting out ahead of expectations updates so what that's I believe this is your currently your largest personal holding isn't it do you want to talk us through card factory yep where's my my biggest holding and uh, I've never had a position this big in my pension and portfolio before so uh, I used to always keep my, my holdings down to you know, well below 10% as a maximum size holding, but I bought a larger holding in there and it's gone up quicker than I thought and I've added more to them and it's got it's got to be quite a sizable chunk of the portfolio now. But mm-hmm. you know it's been it's been such a it, it's such a good company. It's, it's one of the most it's been voted recently the most popular retail well second most popular retailer on the high street for shoppers. Uh, the staff have it's been voted by staff as one of the best places to work. I like that. It's a bit like, uh, you know, Greg's or Marks and Spencer's and other stores, you know, that have got great, you know, weather spoons and stuff like that. They've got a good history and they treat the staff well. And if you do that, you treat your staff well and you don't try and rob your customers, you tend to stay in business, I think, and and you, you, you're liked. And they, they had problems back in about 2018 they, they floated at about two pound went up to four pound and uh then the ceo left and a girl called karen hubbard come in and took over she ran it as ceo it was doing really poorly and then covid hit 
and took it down to about 90 pence a share. And then, uh, you know, what with Ukraine and everything else, the shares plummeted to 30 pence. They had a lot of debt. They had about 200 million of debt, I think. Uh, sorry, that was including the leases, but they, they had about 130 odd million of debt at that point. They brought in a new guy called Darcy Wilson Rymer, who was running cost cutters. Mm-hmm. Done an excellent job there. He did a year at Clinton Cards. He's been at Kentucky uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Starbucks. He's got great retail experience. And from the point he got in, he just upped the cash flow, got the debt down. Uh, they took $56 million in uh, COVID loans, and they had to pay that back. Part of the deal, they had to pay that back within a couple of years or have a do their best endeavours to raise $70 million by a fundraising. Well, he's got the cash flow up so so strongly and the, he's got the debt right way down that they've not had to have that placing. So they've paid the debt off, no dilution. And uh, his declared aim is to be the biggest card retailer in the world, so no small target there. Um, mm-hmm. they've, they've seen sales sales roaring away and they're now selling gifts, which are much higher prices. <coughs> the cheapest card entry has always been 29 pence. Ever since they started the company... 20 odd years ago, uh, the card, cheapest card entry was 29p. You can still go in there and buy a lovely card for 29 pence. But what well, they do them even cheaper, Rich. You can get 10 for a pound. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, you know, they, they, the shop there is—it's a great shop. The, 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 it's all well presented. What most people don't realise is they print their own cards. So the mm. printing cards buy all their cards in from like American Greetings, with their parent owner actually now. But they were buying them all in, and you pay like a forty percent of your gross gross margin goes straight out to, you know, a, a commission for them coming in, doing the display, and supplying the cards for you. They they literally do nothing. You just have them come in and do it all for you. But you know, you, mm-hmm. you rub all your margins that way. Can, uh, car factory print their own cards here in the UK, up in up in Bolton or Bradford, somewhere somewhere up north. Oh, okay. And mm. uh, they just bring in a little bit from China, and. The, the sales have gone up, but on on top of that, now they're now doing a lot of gifts, which is you know a good way of increasing the the, the target price of the, the the goods in the shop. So they they do a hamper that's like wine and chocolate hamper, twenty nine pounds. So that's a lot different to a twenty twenty nine pence card to be doing a twenty nine pound yeah. hamper. You know you can take a smaller margin on that sort of thing and make much more profit. And you know they, they're doing click and collect, so you can. All your cars online, go and pick them up when you go go to work the next day. When you walk in there, you pick up your card and you think, oh, there's a nice little key ring I can buy for someone, or there's a little a little toy or a teddy bear or something else you can add to the add to the <coughs> purchase. So it's great for boosting the, the the sales, and they've just hit record sales this year. Uh, who would think that of a, a retailer today in record sales, a high street retailer? They've yeah. got a, they've got an online presence that they've just up their their game on there, and they've they've combined it with another personal.co.uk which was a personalised uh, gifting site that they'd got. They've combined those together and got a new internet presence and although that was down on last year by about 27%, they're still up 89% pre-COVID. So the, the online sales are growing. Uh, it's just it's just a really well-run store and under this guy, Darcy wilson Rhyme, I think they're they're going to they're going to be really big. So the big expansion now is going to be the, they're moving out. Well, they're already out there, out in Australia, and a couple of other countries. They sell their cars oh, to okay. Aldi, distribute them from mm. Aldi and other places, and 
now they're going to go into the Middle East and India, and the, the big move now is to go more on the global side of things. So at their trading statement on the 25th of April, I expect them to elaborate more on what they're doing now, and that's going to be the, the next big move for car factory. But it, it just reminds me of, you know, like in the past, Hornby, when I had Hornby, which was a, a 10-bagger. When I bought them at £1.30, people were saying, what, one of the little toy trains? Isn't that, you know, yesterday's toys and everything? But within three years, they were gone from £1.30 to 10 quid plus. And mm. it was all about people not realising what was changing at the business. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you do your research and you hope you're right, and hopefully Car Factory is another one in of that ilk, maybe. Yeah, well, I think you're, you're, I have to say, for what it's worth, I think you're onto a winner with this one. I mean, looking at the figures here, Stockopedia rates it highly. It's got a stock rank of 98, which is always nice to have. It's not yeah. infalli- infallible, obviously, as a system, but it's, uh, it's back-tested and, stuck and so on. Um, forward PE is 8.4 for Card Factory. The broker forecasts uh, uh, keep being increased. So, yeah, I think you're onto a winner. I should say they sailed very close to the wind during the during the pandemic you know at one point it looked like it would have to do an emergency placing so they did incredibly well getting through without that um but yeah i i picked ticking the box from me for that one i think I, I think you're onto a winner with that one we probably need to up the pace a bit rich so let's yeah, do okay. brief quick bullet points on some more stocks yeah. so what's your let's let's go down in size order what's your second biggest let's holding have a look at you, got to remind myself now bit of a Probably a bit of a big one for you there for my, my second size stock is uh, Marks and Spencers. And, oh, how uh, interesting. Yeah, I think that's an interesting turnaround. So, yeah, give us your views on that one, Rich. Well, I've watched that for years, you know, and you keep sitting there, the old uh, the previous <coughs> guy, Steve Rowe, who's ru- running it. And, you know, God bless him, he tried his hardest. And he, uh, <laughs> it, it's a, a tough old market, but the food there is fantastic. And, you it know, is. we shop there every Saturday. And... The food's always been good, but just lately it is just off the scale. You go, you know, really? we're struggling. We're struggling to come home with less than, you know, we come home and say, I've got all this food. Look, we've bought all this. Yeah. We can't eat all this. We're going to have to give it away. You, you go in there and it just looks so lovely. And we're picking up, you know, hot cross buns and God knows what they, they do. Fish, their, their, their gastro pub stuff is fantastic. And mm. it, it's, just gone, it's just gone off the scale recently. Uh, and uh, for a card, I did. They're selling loads more for a cardo. They're going to up their up their percentage that they sell for a cardo. But they got uh, the boss there, Machin. His name is. He's uh, he seems to have really got the act together. They're, they're they're using Facebook and you know Snapchat and all these places where where they're, they're using influencers to sell the stuff. These young kids uh, got a yeah. niece and three nephews, and they they keep saying to us, all they see is Marks and Spencers. People talking about buying Marks and Spencers food on their mm. on their. Uh, Things like TikTok or whatever they do, yeah. and uh, the quality is good. They, they, you know, they, they do glasses now. I didn't even realise they do spectacles, but they sell spectacles in certain stores. Uh, and they've, they've, they've targeted the, the, the quality of the, the product is is far better as well. The website's better all round. And mm-hmm. the big thing is now they're moving to big stores. They're going to get rid of a lot of little high street stores and move to some big out of town stores. And yeah. it all just looks like they've got they've got a plan. You can, you know, before they wanted a plan, they sort of had a plan, but now they've got a plan and it's actually being implemented and it's working. So I think there's about yeah. nine or ten broker upgrades in the past couple of weeks from all different brokers pushing the uh, 
pushing their views up, so all going upwards. Yes, that's right. I mean, um, yeah, I'm just looking at the Stockopedia analyst consensus chart. Yeah, just smallish upgrades, but more or less a, li a little upgrade every month since since when October last year. And the forward P ratio is just about 11. Yeah. Uh, you get a 3.4% yield as well. I, I think, I, again, I agree with you on this. I think M&S is fine, but it's been trying for donkey's years to do a turnaround, doesn't it? But it, it does seem to be working now, doesn't it? And if they do, it's all these pension funds and things, who, who wants, they all want to be in Marks and Spencers when it's going well, don't they? they it's, sort of, mm. it's one of those historic things that you have Marks and Spencers <coughs> in, your, in your portfolio for these yeah. big funds and uh, a great anchor. They've, they've, lived through, they've lived through the financial crisis, COVID and all sorts of things, and they're still there. Also, the Waitrose, yeah. is doing every, Waitrose and John Lewis is doing everything they can to kill themselves. You know, they're, 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 <laughs> yeah. they're, they're absolutely, you know, talking about ending the partnership scheme now, and it's going to go go out to, to like, uh, raise a couple of billion pounds and become a normal PLC like other mm. businesses, which uh, they just, they've lost the plot there, which is all going to help Marks and Spencer's, of course. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, stock number three then in your portfolio. Uh, well, they're, they're pretty much on a par. Them and Jet Two. Jet Two is. Uh, oh yes, the tr the holiday travel flight yeah. business. Yeah. It's, What's the latest on that one? Well, it's just a cl class class business, isn't it? You know, they went through they went through COVID, and instead of instead of clamping down and getting rid of staff, they they kept all their staff. They're up there. They paid the extra ten percent for their staff and give them off on full wages. Managed to maintain all of their mm. their staff. They invested in planes and stuff while this was all going on for the future. While British Airways were cutting staff and getting rid of pieces, and they've come out of uh, they've come out of COVID flying. So now they're put they're trading on something. I don't know what the P is now. It's ten nine point two. Yeah, yeah and nine point two. And their, uh, their their net cash got about a billion net cash, whereas other other all these other holiday companies have got uh, you know billions of net debt. And it's run by, you know, Meeson when he, he's been there the last 20 years. When I first invested in them 20 years ago, they were something Gosh. like 60p. They had one plane. Yeah. And they used to fly backwards and forwards to Jersey, delivering flowers and mail, and then taking all the seats out and then bringing passengers back where they did, did a little bit of passenger flight. And it was just, uh, he's just built that from, from there in 20 years. And it, it looks like, People are going on holiday at the moment. Everybody's going on holiday. I, I think I'm the only gonna, I'm going to be the only one here in Buckinghamshire next next <laughs> June. And yeah. I have to count it to myself because everybody seems to be booking two or three holidays this year. And like I say, having experiences rather than wanting to own things. Mm -hmm. so, mm. uh, and also, of course, we all bought so much physical stuff during the pandemic because we had nothing yeah. else to do or spend our money on no. that people's wardrobes are full you know the houses are full of clutter so like you say uh, people are prioritizing experiences rather than stuff aren't they yeah do we tidy the house up or do we go on holiday that's it mm. so it's we'll go we'll go on holiday i think and uh uh next week after the easter flight so uh, jet two have got a trading update middle of april they said so we'll yeah. get out Easter out the way, and I'm sure they'll come out with some pretty fabulous stats about how many people they're carrying. And they've had, they've had two recent upgrades, well, several upgrades on their earnings forecasts. <coughs> but I remember in the past, this company, when they upgrade earnings, every you know, every bum on the seat's like another another thousand pound, isn't it? You know, if you're carrying an, area, an empty aeroplane across the sea, 
you're paying for that yeah. empty seat to go out there. You stick a bum on it, you get an extra thousand pounds there and back for for the holiday that you're taking out there, or all the or the flight. Yeah, uh, it's uh, almost hundred percent, hundred hundred percent gross margin on each incremental seat sold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and they're, you know they also do, they've got more planes, and they've got a, a stack of planes options to buy more planes. Oh, I really think okay. they're going to be one of the biggest. It'll be the right. Well, they've got overtaken Chewy now in in market cap. So uh, Chewy's mm. now down there with all its debt struggling, and Jet Two just seems to be, you know, playing it for laughs. You know, I think that I think that's going to be a, a cracking update sometime this month. Yeah, I mean, I've followed Jet Two for years, and it's phenomenal. Like you, I can remember when it was just this little niche. Uh, business at sort of seventy p a share, yeah, dark group seventy p a share, and now it's a, the only uh, it's twelve pound sixty six now. The only thing is, it's it's risen almost vertically in the last few months, almost doubled. So I, just I'm just a bit wary. At, yeah, just take a look at the chart before COVID struck. That what was it doing yes. there? If you have a look at what what Jet Two was doing there just before COVID, that was already on a vertical. Oh yeah, line. it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it went up from six seven hundred p to two quid. Yeah, in twenty nineteen, they announced he was buying a load of planes from Boeing or Airbus or whoever mm. it was, and, and that the market got really. And the thing that brought it back down to earth was COVID. That was that. Was, yeah, of course. Go, that was going to the moon before COVID. COVID brought mm. it back down to earth, and I just sit there think, you know, we're going to see that. We're going to. I think we're going to see that line sort of line happen again at some point. Because yeah, this is such a well-run business, and uh, hopefully it's it's soon, but we'll see. Mm. That's 2.7 billion market cap on that one, isn't it? Yeah. And the Stockopedia computers like it, 95 stock rank, which, uh, yeah. as I say, I, I, I like to have my, my own research confirmed by the algorithms as well. Yeah. So, okay, moving on to the next one. Is it number four, Rich, in your portfolio? Uh, which one's number this? Four. I've not got them all in order here, so I'm, I'm having a little guess <laughs> around here. So we'll be slightly out of these, but uh, it's fine. It doesn't uh, have to be exact. Uh, Kitwave is Kitwave's an interesting one. Oh, I like that fun. one. Yeah, that's a distributor of uh, goods to general stores, isn't that's it? it? Yeah, like an wholesaler, food wholesaler. Mm. And, uh, uh, nice business, book. trading well. I think the recent yep. update was good. The guy running it's been in that. there for about 25 years. They've got big. He's got about 11 million shares. And listening to them, mm-hmm. they did an interview on uh, Investor Meat Company, and they like to. I tell you what, it reminds me of, and somebody else said it again the other day. Judges, do you remember Judges PLC? It's like oh God, buy, yeah. Buy to build with cash, and they integrate mm. what they buy, and they, you know, they make sure it's fully integrated. Then they buy something else, and this just David Cicero's outfits, yeah. And all the all the acquisitions are done with cash. None of this nonsense about you know doing it with shares and having earnouts and all that and before you know where you are there's more shares than there are mm. people on the on the planet and, and <laughs> so it's it's just it's it's a good business model to, to to do buy to build with cash I think actual cash flow from the business so they've got they've got you know negligible debt really that's not anything major and the guy running yeah. it's been doing it for 25 years I love I like family firms that you know, when it comes, so you've got the same board that's been doing that time. They, they just wanted to get on the market to grow bigger, and uh, yeah. it's it's one of those ones where I think they're on about a PE of ten or eleven. They've got a trading update yes. this month, and I think, and I think you get a nice 
reasonable yield, 3.6%. Yeah. It's unusual to see, well, actually, it's not that unusual, but buy-to-build type companies that are doing yeah. acquisitions are also paying dividends. Yeah. Um, Belvoir, BLV, is one of my favorite stocks yeah. I, is, is like that. Um, are you on Belvoir out of interest? Uh, no, I'm not, actually. No, I've, I've, I've followed them, and I like them. It's just one that I've not... I've, I've had Foxton's, which is... Uh, oh, yeah, we mentioned Foxton's last time. Let's yeah. update... Give us an update on that, because that's a recovery story under new management, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, that guy Gittings is still there, and he's, uh, you know, getting it back to the Foxtons it used to be. They can have the little green minis back again. And he's, oh, uh, are they? He's, right. Yeah, I think so. And uh, they're, they're uh, going back to basics, and they, they seem to be doing doing what they said. It's, uh, they, they were really short staff, so they had to take on 10% more staff. And I think mm. that's where that things are falling down because they're, they're covered on the, you know, if houses aren't selling, rentals are going up. And if rentals aren't going up, houses are selling. So you've got a good balance of about 50-50. A little bit different than 50-50. I think they're more rental than, than actual purchase. I've got to say they acquired quite a few rental books, yeah. didn't they, over the last yeah, two or three years, which I think is a... Well, yeah, yeah I, think, I think this rental side of things is really good because it's just... Lovely annuity-style revenue coming through, yeah. isn't it? And, um, you sell a house, you yeah. sell it once, didn't you? Well, you rent a house, you rent it for 10 yeah. years. So they yeah. get the income yeah. coming in over a longer period, smaller amount. But over the course of a year, the, the commission on a rental is probably as much as selling a house. Exactly, so you, you still yeah. Once a year, you get it every year. So yeah. it's quite good. No, I I agree. I think that's a good sector generally. Okay, what else have we got? Oh, let's let's look back at a couple of the ones that worked and a couple of the ones that didn't work last time. Yeah. So uh, this is referring back to our last um, chat in July 2022. Have we meant, I don't think we mentioned Shoe Zone. This is one of your big winners. This was £1.66 yeah. and you'd already been on it for a good while pr yeah. at lower prices. Well, it's up about 50% in the, since July to £2.40 now. Yeah. Um, do you want to get? Are you still involved in that one, or have you? I've got a small old in there now. Now I've more mm. oh, travelled my money in there. It's time to find something cheaper with a bit more growth in it. But they're still, uh, yeah, they're still doing well. They're, they're moving out to out of town stores. It's basically the, you know, the old uh, Mike Ashley Sports Direct model. You just mm. they just keep moving out. They they park their shoe stores next to other shoe stores. Uh, and they, they do a good job of it. They've got their own brands. They, they they bring their own shoes in from China, and they do the sort high of, margins. Yeah, yeah, high margin. It's like the the Lonsdale sweatshirts that Ashley does in Sports Direct. It's not much of a brand, but they have big margins on them, and people buy oh. them. So uh, yeah, they've got good margins, and, and they're doing well. And they're doing buybacks still. So. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Was, last week, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, there was a new programme just announced recently, wasn't there? Three yeah. million quid. And then the brothers who own it are what? Up to about 55% or something, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they've got, there's no, not been no share dilution there either. So, mm. you know. That's mm. Forward P is looking a bit pricey now, 18. But it tends to beat forecast, doesn't it, Shoe It does, yeah. And they, I'm sure they've got a trading update not far off because I think that. Uh, They've got to the point where it's beyond their little the period, so they normally have a trading statement soon. So, I would yeah, be okay. something out from them soon. Yeah, good. And then Jules, I mean, just a postscript because obviously it went bust. Ooh. You were absolutely right to be skeptical. You sold at one pound sixty. Kudos to you. I got this one hopelessly wrong, I'm afraid. 
But, um, I mean, there's no point really in saying anything about that because it's gone, isn't it? But you were completely right. And that 20 million vanity project head yes. office with the, with the insect hotel and nonsense like that really was the canary in the mine, wasn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I lost money on them in the end, Jules. Uh, I made good money on the way up, but I gave a lot back on the way down selling at 160 mm. because, uh, you know, I, I, thought they'd, I thought they'd actually got it together with the... Uh, the new CEO there, but he, he seems to have uh, lost the plot. And I don't, uh, Tom Jones, yeah. I'm not sure, you know, what, what they've done there. Marks and Spencer's are probably are probably going to clean him out, and, and they'll just take the brand, and he'll, he'll get, a, he'll end up with a few million out of that, I suppose, at the end of the day. But yeah. I, I, it's such it's, a pity because it was it was a great brand. You know, they were yeah. doing a lot of good stuff online, but it was just badly managed, wasn't it? That was the bottom yeah, line. It sort of echoes there with uh, Superdry, isn't there, with Tom, with uh, yes. It just looks yes. like the same business on a on a on a different level, and mm. uh, you know, can you can you can you sell stuff to old men and young kids at the same time and, and say it's fashion? Mm. I'm very sceptical about there. Super Dry. Yeah, yeah, no, I think Super Dry. Look, I don't know. It's just dripping with red flags. I think. Yeah. Um, okay, a couple of other smaller smaller microcap retailers you said you liked last time, and they're both up about. 30 or 40% from July last year was the Sandar and Quiz. Are you still involved in those? Uh, no, both of those I've, I've sort of moved. Up. I've tried to get my holdings down to a lower number. You know, the, the real issue for me is when you hold 25 stocks or whatever, you just dilute your holdings all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, I've put more into the ones that I really have my faith in, like Car Factory and Jet 2 and uh, a few others, and try and get my holdings down to 15 I try and keep the 15 now if I can. It's, I'm at 16, mm. I think, at the moment, or 17. And uh, yeah. it's, it's doing that doing that bit where you don't over-dilute yourself. So you have a good one come in, it doesn't make that much effect on your old portfolio. Yeah. So uh, and I'm trying to think how many I've had go bust on me over, over the past 20 years I've been doing this. And I think I've had three companies in total that have gone, that have disappeared in 20 years. So mm, not bad You know, there's there's... There's enough there to diversify yourself that if one did go bad and it's it makes up seven percent of your of your portfolio, it, it it hurts, but it's not unrecoverable, is it? You know, you can make that yeah. percent. And if you've got some good ones in there that are going to double, or you know, you've got a shoe zone or two in there that's going to double, that they more than cover losing, you know, another stock somewhere else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I've had a I've had a six or seven percent hit this year with one disco, unfortunately. But um, you know, I got sucked into that, and it turned out that the trading updates were completely fraudulent. So, yeah. but you, I, I just I can't believe. Well, I can believe it. So I've been saying for about twenty years that I don't trust them, and with David, yeah. there, I've never trusted him. And it's just, uh, but like you say, I read it and I just thought, God, something's happened here. You know, he's either bought a book on how to run run a company. And read it from mm. cover to cover, or uh, you know, something magical's happened, and I've been wrong about this. And I was watching all the uh, the bits about Ireland having so much in these cloud cloud computing stuff and storing uh, stuff on, on in great big servers out in Ireland. Their, their electricity, thirty percent of Ireland's electricity, is going to go on servicing these great big cloud warehouses by oh, really? by, by twenty thirty, they reckon. So I thought, well, maybe you know that I was wrong. Maybe I was, uh, you know, this really is going to be huge demand for the likes of one disco. But sure, you know, that how the CEO and the CFO don't know 
that they've got all those contracts that are just fake. You would at least, yeah. you know, a buddy comes into the office and says, oh, I've just got a £10 million contract for us, which they've never had before, and the CEO doesn't phone the CEO of the company who's having a contract and have a little chat with him and say, well, Exactly. Yeah, you know, so it's, it beggars belief. It just looks like one. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Big smelly hole, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know any investors involved in this stock. Some of whom are very shrewd, very wealthy guys. It suckered in a lot of, yeah. um, uh, of, 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 you know, really, really capable investors. I don't yeah. know any of them who, who think that only one rogue salesman did all of this. But no. anyway. So that's that one. But like you say, I mean, I've taken a 6 or 7% hit on it, but it hasn't really affected things because I've had a couple of big wins elsewhere, you know. So, um, so my portfolio, which was a disaster last year, is having a, from a lower base, a much lower base, is actually having a really good year this year. So yeah. I know, like, let's look at yours then overall. Last year you said in July you were really bucking the trend because you had a good a big win with Menzies takeover and shoes zone you've done very well on and you were four percent off your all time high in the yep. middle of a nasty bear market last year. So yep. that was remarkable. So give us an update on if you're happy to sort of disclose yeah. information. Well, yeah. How how's your performance to date? I also had Crestchick taken over as well, which helped a lot. Oh well and, done. Uh, shoes zone mm. doubled, so that was a you know, that was a, a good one there that helped all out and uh I'm, I'm a little bit back off the... I've totted around at my all-time eye for about three or four months now. I've got, I, I've really? got an all-time eye after the, uh, after the uh, buying in October. When, when the market bounced in October, I was 100% in near consumer mm. stocks. And I went into the inflation, the inflation numbers there at, uh, fully invested. And the market that day shot down 6%. I thought, oh, I've made, I've made a mistake. I've got this wrong. I told the guys on the chat room that you know, I was doing it. But then, fortunately, that turned around and they, they ended up the day up 6%. There's massive reversal that day in October. And from then on, you know, Gosh. things have gone up. But I probably over the last, I reckon I've given them, I've given back 10 or 12% over the last, over the last month or so. Where We got to February mm-hmm. and then I've given back you know, something like ten percent on that point. So, but I'm I'm cool with that. You know, I was up about twenty twenty eight percent, I think, from October. So, yeah. And then, yeah. And I've given back ten percent. Swings so. roundabouts. Yeah. yeah and yeah. It's, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, the market goes out. I'm a lot more cooler these days than I would have been when I was younger. With, <laughs> with, with, yeah. You know, gyrations in my portfolio. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you're not geared, it doesn't really matter, does it? This no, is the thing no, that. You know, I don't know why investors, why on, on Twitter and in the chat rooms, people are so obsessive about, a po- you know, and they give an update on their weekly performance, you know, yeah. down 1.2%. It doesn't matter. No. no <laughs> you when, know, you're younger, um, when you're younger, you've got, you want everything and you haven't got the money to buy it. I think when you yes. get older, you've got the money to buy lots more stuff, but you don't want, any, want everything. You sort <laughs> of, uh, and, and it changes your attitude towards towards life and money and I think uh, and probably when I was younger I, you know, 20 years ago I had every pound I had it was in the stock market and uh, yeah. I had nothing to back me up or uh, apart from first of all I had a little business going on in the background but uh, mm. so I was taking far more risk so you are more jumpy when you, when you take more risk you're more jumpy but I think when you actually sort of invest with money that if you did happen to lose the lot you probably wouldn't be 
you're never going to lose a lot anyway. But if you happen to lose 50% of it, you wouldn't be, you know, severely, severely battered. And uh, yeah. you can take a, a much more laissez-faire sort of attitude towards uh, the daily moves and this, mm. you know, 3% down in a day yeah. doesn't bother me much. It bothers the missus. It doesn't down that much. I say, yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, no. She asked, you today? Oh, you don't want to know, darling. Go and buy another car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, thinking about how the interest rates have changed, I mean, a lot of wealthy investors I know are switching at least partially into fixed interest stuff because you can get, uh, with the prospect of maybe interest rates dropping, you know, the capital yeah. value of bonds, you could have upside on the capital value of bonds and lock in, you know, Yields of five to ten, or even fifteen percent for some junk bonds. So, yeah. have you looked much at fixed interest stuff? No, to be honest, though, it's just my Armageddon fund where I keep my cash for uh, you know if, if anything ever happened on it went bad, and so you've got some money behind you. I I've just moved yeah. that around to a couple of banks, and I'm getting I think I'm getting four percent in one of those which, at the moment, which is which is okay. But in all honesty, mm. I like to just stick to minute in. I know a lot of people go from you know they've gone from Shares to to bonds, and then they, they'll they'll do edges and spread bets and shorting. And I really like to keep it simple and stick to what works. And uh, yes, you know it's all very well. You know I've, I've had people come in. Have you ever, ever tried forex trading? No, oh, I won't be. God, no. Because you know there's so many things. Or you know a lot of people like hedging. You know I always sort of think hedging just dilutes your gains in the end. And uh, mm. mm-hmm. you know although it gives you that bit of safety. If if people have done it a lot and they 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 it works for them, that's great, but you know, whenever I've edged I've sort of thought, Well, I'll do this and um hedge this way or that way and then I look and I think, well, actually if I just hadn't done that and I just just yes. took the risk, I'd have made a lot more money than having to Exactly. Know. Yeah. So, yeah. Well I've renou- I've renounced gearing this year. That was always my Achilles heel. I mean I made millions and millions from it in bull runs, but I always get sooner or later, sometimes, you know, maybe five years later I gave it all back, you know, and I just yeah. don't want to live like that going no, forward. That's, it's uh, that's the issue, too stressful. You've got to do what, what works rather than, you know, if it's not worked a few times, don't bother doing it again. I don't get involved exactly. in tech stocks or farmers or oils or, you know, miners because every time I've been involved, I don't fully understand them. I like stuff that I understand. Yeah. The retailers are so yes. easy to understand. You buy stuff cheap, you sell it a bit dearer. It's, it's yeah. not <laughs> And you can get well, you've got people. a, you've got, yeah. I mean, you've got such a good knack for for, for picking the turnarounds and the winners. Um, talking about your specialism in terms of, uh, 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 you're a qualified graphic designer, aren't you? And yeah. you, you've all, you've liked SAR, the printhead company yeah. XAR. Now, I saw that. I've just looked this morning at them because I thought it might crop up. I looked at their most recent results, which were. Not great, but there was a strong improvement, aren't they? So, are you still in Zar, and what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I increased my holding uh, on the recent uh, trading update. The big thing there for them, well, well there's, there's several big things, and you're probably not going to see the money for. Well, the big money is still a couple of years down the line. But the first mm. thing is they've got these aqueous heads that run uh, water-based inks. No, no, no other company's got that. They've got they've got a unique product there, and when that gets into the market, and people have got to stop using oils and polluting the the country, uh, using water-based inks will be a big thing. And they've got a monopoly on the heads; nobody else can do it because 
the t- their technology is unique. So that, that's one mm. thing, but a couple of years down the line, once they get onto wide format graphics, that's what I used to do. And we used to, I used to design big posters for people and brochures and stuff like that. But the wide format graphics is a huge market. And so they're, they're, they'll have the heads for that in about 18 months' time. And once they feel that, that, that is a massive numbers for them. So that is mm. a really big place to be. The other thing is as well, you know, we were talking about the other day, up until now when cars have these graphics done on their cars, you actually print a vinyl, which is plastic, which is no good really. It uses inks, mm. which uses oil, so it's chemicals all in that. Zara will be able to print water-based inks straight onto the car, so you would be able to print the car's advertising wow. stuff straight onto the car from the factory. So that cuts out oh. all that vinyl. It cuts out all the work in between. You actually get your car... At the end of the day, if you change the car, they just spray it white again and then do the, the graphics again all over the car. And mm. you'll be able to print you know, to the awkward shapes that a car is, the car is rather than having to do flat graphics. So they've got some massive, massive potential there. And they seem to be, you know, they've only in there, they've brought this production back from China to the UK, a lot of it. Yeah. And that's a great move because, you know, if China does ever kick off, they're in a one of the unique positions that they're the only inkjet printed maker, not only independent one in the world, but they'll be here in the UK as well. So they've got mm. a lot of things going from there, but it's just these things take time. And, you know, you can have these bits in there. They raced up to £2.20-odd, and, and then they come back, and it's a matter of, you know, knowing to trim a bit at the tops and buy them back when they come down to the come down to the lows, I think, with them. But I think they're, mm. I think they're a good company. That's interesting. Yeah, I might, I might, um, I might just pick up a, an entry level position in that. Actually, something just to throw an idea at you. Uh, something I've literally just dipped my toe into with a, a, a sort of one third of standard size position is a thing called Eagle Eye ticker yeah. EYE, which looks a really interesting structural growth company. Uh, have you looked at that one at all? Yeah, I used to hold those. I had uh, got to see McLaurin, the old Tesco chairman was... Uh, sorry, mm. Terry Lee, uh, <coughs> the old Tesco... Yeah, he's still involved, he, isn't he? He's yeah. involved. Mason's the guy that's running it, I think, and he's the CEO or something. And Yeah, that, I, I followed them years, well, quite a few years ago, and uh, mm. I saw this week, this week there, there's some share options they've got there that's that's quite beefy, haven't they? They've just given themselves... Well, the yeah, they're doing one of these... I think this was the one where they're doing one of those awful growth shares plan, you know, where they put yeah. in a, an intermediate holding company, which I personally think is legalised theft. But yeah. the actual maximum dilution on it is only about 4%, and yeah. it's if they get it to 1 billion market cap, which is about five or six times where it is now. Yeah. So to my mind, given management 4%, if they six back the shares, I don't actually have a problem with that. No, I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with uh, these share options that have got a target to them and they've got to achieve it. They're, they're, they're great. Mm. These ones they keep giving themselves and they don't achieve the target and then they give themselves some more until they, until they actually <laughs> get, get that low that they can't miss the target and then they, they yeah. walk away with a load of money. And, Although, uh, to be fair, that's not the case at Eagle Eye. That's more, a more general point, yeah, isn't it? So, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I'd be interested in your view on Eagle Eye because I think the news flow has been very, very good in the last couple of years and it's profitable now. And amazing um, 
customer contracts, for example, they've just launched the ASDA. ASDA's just bought in a new money-back uh, loyalty scheme, which yeah. I use as my, my local supermarket's ASDA, and it's very, very good. That's all run by Eagle Eye, and it's got numerous international uh, big grocery chains using its software, which really validates it, doesn't it? The zero yeah. churn. So this really does look like the sort of best-in-the-world type of um, loyalty scheme software so that one's, uh, well, yeah. Stolen because I didn't understand what the competition was like. You know, sometimes it's easy, yeah, good, it's, no, I don't. It's easier to, it's quite easy to understand how the actual software works and how they're doing, but you never know. You know, I always sort of sit there and think, if Who there's else something there, yeah. thing out there that we don't know about, it just comes in and plonks itself, parks its tank on your drive. And suddenly yeah, you're a little technology company here, yeah, you, you're, you're smothered by them, really, and that's what the Yanks tend to do, so... Being that I didn't mm, understand mm. that, oh, I didn't really hang on to them, but they've done well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Shall we wrap up with a quick, quick fire, maybe four or five small caps, just to finish yeah. off with? Chapel Down. Chapel Down, great little company. I, I think they're, they're going well. Andrew Carter has uh, got the operating profit up by about 50%. And, you know, mm. as the weather gets warmer, uh, the French are going to come here and buy out. So you still like... Still like Chapel Down. It's got a very, very good asset backing and it's profitable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the weather's getting warmer and uh, the grapes will be growing even bigger and juicier. So, yeah. <laughs> I think so you like that one? Good one? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's CDGP. And we discussed that a, a fair bit of length last time, so I won't repeat that. Now, one of my stocks that I really, really like is, which is just because it's so cheap, I think it's the wrong price, is the crockery maker Port Merion, PMP. I, I saw you tweet about this the other day. So have you I have you looked at that one? Yeah, I've You bought them too? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, we wandered around Frost Garden Centre and they, they're sold in, their stuff sold in there and the missus, missus likes their stuff and... We, I've always liked, you know, them and Chi Churchill China. You remember the Ropers used to be in Churchill China, and uh, they used to be running that, and that, that was a fantastic company. I could have bought them at, well, I did buy them at Peanuts and sold them too soon, and they went miles higher. And I think uh, Ray Bold at uh, Port Marion is doing a good job there. He's he came up from CFO, didn't he, I think, to... Yeah, he's good actually, Mike Mark Rabels. Yeah, I interviewed him recently. I don't know if you you tuned into that, um, but he's. I mean, the tailwind that. Yeah, the tailwind they're getting from freight costs dropping is enormous. He said they move 600 containers a year, Port Merion as a group does, because they're coming in in and out. And he said the cost of them has dropped from $19,000 to $3,000. Yeah. So that, from peak to trough, and they're probably even going lower now. So yeah. that is, what, $16,000 per container. Yeah. Multiply that by 600, and you're talking about eight, a nine lot. million quid. Yeah, money. <laughs> yeah, on a $100 million a year revenues group. So yeah, it's, it's, so it's retail really... Like there's so many retailers yeah. like that, isn't uh, I've, got, I've got a stake in ProCook. Which is, uh, oh, yes, that's um, P-R-O-C. Yeah, and they floated. It's a family-run business. Dan Neal is, is the boss. The whole family's run that. And they floated yeah. just the same time as all these other uh, aimed stocks all, all floated on the on the market. Oh, disastrous. 2021 yeah. was an awful year for floats, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and in all honesty, you know, some of them have been genuinely bad, but some of them were unlucky to get caught up with blooming Ukraine right at the... You know, just after it floated, and you know the shares have been hammered down from their float price of about 160 down to 30 pence. 
Well, he bought, he, bought a million, he bought a million shares back in uh, down near the boss in August. He bought a million shares back then. The last trading statement said that they were sort of like quite confident of, of meeting their uh, their forecasts. The thing is that they do, yeah. they've got loads of shipping. They, they ship all their stuff back from China. I think their shipping mm. costs would probably have probably come down around about two million quid. Well, you know, for for the yeah. profit that they expected to make, that two million is gonna gonna add a lot to the to the forecast if if it's not being calculated into there, which I don't think it fully is. And mm. uh, so there's there's scope there for I think a, a big uh, surprise with with the shipping costs, and also Frackleman have taken. Frackleman have taken uh, eleven percent, haven't they? And they're uh, yeah, but the fam- yeah, yeah, they're like can have a, a big sort of brands company. So one way or another, but the f- the family owns about sixty percent yeah. though. So yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody can force them to do yeah, anything, can they? Them, but I think, you know, if, if the price was right, they, they might sell up. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, one way or another, possible. I think you, you covered there on. Uh, you know, if they were in a problem, Fackelman's there ready to take you take them over and. So mm, this sort of price, mm. it just seems like uh, uh, they could be remarkably cheap. And they're very liquid, mm. that's the point. So if everyone yeah. does that, and then suddenly it's uh, one of those things that moves fast because you can't get any, can't get any shares. So they've got an update. Yeah, they, well, um, with ProCook, I'm just looking at the Stockopedia graph on this. It's saying 92.6% is held by the major holders, mostly the yeah. family and Frackleman. So, yeah, very small free float. But, oh, thanks for that idea, Rich. I'll have a look, another look at that one. I've dismissed it in the past because it was only bumping along at about break-even. But as you say, with, the, with this tailwind now of lower freight costs, I think gross margins are lots of retailers. Any, anyone shipping a lot of bulky items yeah, bulky from the Far yeah. East it, it's going to have a, a it could well see really nice increases in their margins, couldn't they? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, and with sterling recovering against the dollar as well, that's another tailwind now. What was a, yeah. a, a headwind? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Buying stuff in from abroad, I, I think. I yeah. Think over the next month we've got some nice big surprises, positive surprises from uh, consumer stocks. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Market, that makes a lot of sense to me. And the valuations are bombed out because everyone's worried about depression. Yeah. Uh, recession. It's so both. probably. A, yeah, a couple of quick comments just to finish off with rich um one that didn't work from well a couple that didn't work from last july was the works that's down about a quarter and then um doc martins that's uh almost half so any thoughts on those two yeah i took it on both of those uh uh, you know took them on the chin and i've sold them the works is in a local garden center to me and uh i can go in there and it this garden centre almost represents the works business as it as it's going. I go in there and it's packed, and works come mm. out with a trading update and say they're doing really well. I go in there and mm. it's dead, and a few weeks later works come out and say things are not so well. So it's a great barometer oh, there for, yeah. for the works. And I've been going around there lately, and it doesn't look too busy. So uh, oh right. You know, <laughs> so. I've left so, it alone at the moment. Uh, you know. So, so yeah, yeah. So you've sold. You've moved, it's been moved on. Cold, I yeah, I took it. Took a yeah. decent hit on those and just left them and put the money into another retailer that I'm more confident in. And uh, Doc Martens, I'm really surprised at those because I watched the presentation and Kenny Wilson there, who's the CEO, is so so confident and he he comes across mm. as a very 
very believable and uh, honest guy, really, and he's he's humble as well. And I really, mm. I'm really surprised that they were as badly as they were. Yeah, I was going around the shops, and all these girls are got these Dr. Martins on themselves, and, yeah. and you've doubled the population that can. And once women start wearing them, you've doubled the your market. And uh, yes. I really thought that that was going to going to spread further, but it, it seems to have. You know, they've had various issues there, and at the moment the chart's starting to look a bit like it's making a bottom. So maybe the shipping mm. costs are helping them a lot. You know, they're they're big clunky things these dot mines, aren't they? So uh, they are. Yeah. So maybe they're going to benefit a lot from the uh, the shipping costs as well there. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, I took I I took it on that. I was I was very confident on those, and I was wrong. So, but you know, we all get things wrong, sadly. Yep, we do. Human. We do. And, yeah, uh, no, and it's it's yeah. good to it's good to talk about the ones that haven't worked as well yeah, as the winners, yeah, I think, because um, yeah, and probably last one to wrap up with maybe. Uh, what do you choose? Which, what which one do you want to finish with? Uh, let me let me list the, of what we've got here. That's sort of there was in well, we can do a couple more if you like. There was in specs, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, mentioned. in specs. That's that's uh, that's one I'm holding, and uh, they've got an update soon this month, I think. They, they, yeah, ticker, they, ticker on the SPEC. SPEC. Well, yeah. they had, uh, they've got a huge amount of sales in, in you know, men's, well, men and women's spectacles. Mm-hmm. They bought a company out in Germany, which boosted their sales massively, but then Ukraine hit, and they took a massive hit because sales just fell off a cliff. They were expanding in uh, Vietnam and Portugal. And uh, they they had to knock all these on the head. But the thing is, all the way through, from the fall from one pound sixty down to twenty nine pence, the directors have been buying in size. And uh, oh, yeah, the guy, the guy who runs it is actually is uh, nothing to do with spectacles. He's a uh, Robin Totterman, his name is, and he was uh, I think he was with he's a UBS financier, and so it's mm-hmm. all it's all based on uh, working the financials, I think, and. You know, they they got to the point where they put a trading statement out in, I think it was somewhere in February, January, February, and said they were going to meet forecasts. But if they meet forecasts, they're cheap. I just think they're just they're just uh, you know really cheap. And the the, the amount they, uh, they've had some dilution, but even with the dilution, they they, they should be out. They should be able to clock on from here with the extra sales from Germany once Germany picks up. And it seems like Germany's exporting now uh, a lot more than than they were, and you know the German market's big for them. So there, mm-hmm. there's a big turnaround there, and I, I think we get a better picture when they give their update in uh, in August, um, in April this this month. The, yeah. the, the thing is, the director buying there just looks so confident, and that's partly yeah. partly my reason, well, mainly my reason for being in there. I believe the I believe to follow the money in that one. How interesting. Well, that's yeah, I'll take a closer look at that. I wasn't particularly, I couldn't see much to get excited about last time I looked at it, but I'll very take a fresh liquid. look when they, very, very liquid. liquid is so, it? You, yeah. know, you, you can, you know, once the old crowd, it, it doubled in, it doubled in a couple of days when they put out a trading statement saying that they oh, were, yes. they're, uh, they're going to meet forecasts. And I think if, yeah. if, if the next trading statement is, is in line or, or, or ahead of, what people are expecting then. There's probably some, some big bounces there due to the liquidity. Oh. I know it's Downing's. Downing's just took about 3%. Uh, oh. 
So there's some institutional interest there as well. But you come down from, mm. you see, they come down from four quid down to fifty pence. And then it doubled, didn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, drifted slightly there. since then. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. they seem they seem funded okay, and uh, the, you know the director of buying that's gone in there is, is quite astronomical, really. It's, it's I think the last mm. one was a four hundred thousand four hundred thousand pound buy by Tottenham back in uh, mm. November, and then they, they were buying all the way through in in big hefty chunks. You know, there's thirty thousand pound buys and. Uh, Tottenham had another two hundred thousand. It goes right the way back to goes right the way back to almost from where they floated. They've been they've been big solid buyers of the shares. So yeah, well that definitely uh, yeah that's not messing about, is it? If you no. see director buys in in six figures, I always sit up and take notice too. Yeah, yeah. it's easy to miss them though, isn't it? That's the only yeah. thing. So it's good good that you're monitoring this and flagging it up. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Phil to sell one for director dealing, so. Oh, have you? But yeah, yeah. yeah. Sell that one director dealing, so. It's always a That's good indicator. Good. You know, sometimes director sell because they have to sell. But the mm. director never has to buy. You know, True. Not only, well, not unless his job's on the rack and he wants to try and make himself popular with the chairman. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say sometimes you look at them and you think, well, yeah. particularly when several directors buy simultaneously smallish yeah. amounts. You think that, that that to me is more bearish than bullish. Yeah, um, they're, they're saying to you, you know, like we're uh, we're trying to prove a point here, you know, or we're desperate mm. sometimes. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the, the buying in there has been, it's been worth watching. It's been sort of quite educational, so we'll see, but. You know. Yeah, brilliant. Well, we probably run out of time. We always go over time, but it's just interesting to swap ideas, yeah, I think. Nice so you, you, yeah, you always come up with all sorts of interesting share ideas for us to all go off and do our own research on. So thanks for uh, flagging lots of interesting shares, Rich, as usual. Yeah, and, uh, yeah well, uh, thank you very much indeed. And we'll talk. Yeah. We should do these more often, you know, because they're such fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. welcome. Yeah. Love it. Great. Thanks a lot then, Rich. Bye for now. Speak to you soon. Have a good Easter. And you. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Richard Crowe.